Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host RJ McCready and for this episode I'll be taking you guys back to year in 1980 to look at Robert Foster's Monster in the Sewers Alligator. So let's go down to the sewers to see what's going on down there. Let's play you guys a trailer and I will see you soon. It lives 50 feet beneath the streets. It's 36 feet long. It weighs over 2,000 pounds. And it's about to break out. We're looking at the one who saw it. And it was big. You said it was dark. Now, perhaps you were mistaken. half that size would starve in a week. He kept coming up with some garbage about alligators in the sewers. Alligators in the sewers? Once it escaped, there was no way to stop it. The safety of the public is my job. It could be anywhere. There he is. Ready to attack at any moment. You know, I've seen what this animal can do. You'd better take all the help you can get. No one believed it. Now, no one will forget Alligator. And welcome back guys, so the synopsis of this film is a baby alligator is flushed down a Chicago toilet and survives by eating discarded laboratory dogs injected with growth hormones. The small reptile grows gigantic, it escapes the city sewers and goes on a rampage. It's an R-rated movie, it's got a 91 minute runtime, and it's classed as a horror sci-fi thriller. It was directed by Lewis Teague and he's made other movies such as uh, the Stephen King adaption of Cujo, The Jewel of the Nile which is a sequel to Romance in the Stone and the horror anthology Cat's Eyes which uh, is a fan favourite amongst the horror community so he's done a string of good movies there so he's got quite a good catalogue. And it was also written by John Sowles and he is uh, known for writing The Howling, Joe Dante's The Howling. Uh, Corman's Battle Beyond the Stars, you know, it's another iconic sci-fi movie. And the other uh, movie which is kind of in this league, I guess you could say, which is Piranha, back from 1978. So, and that was the other thing I was going to say about this movie is, um, you know, Alligator is part of that 
category of movies which we had after the success of Jaws, you know, the, the massive success of Jaws, which led to these types of movies being made. Basically, nature trying to kill you. Um, so you had, like I say, you had Piranha, you had Grizzly, you had Killer Bees with the Swarm. I think that's another, that's a Michael Caine movie. Uh, you had uh, William Shatner's uh, Kingdom of the Spiders. So around about that time, I mentioned this in other episodes when I was growing up, pretty much everything wanted to kill you. You can do anything, you know, you can go in the water, you can go on the land. I mentioned that with Tremors recently. Uh, you can go into the sewers because you thought an alligator was down there. Um, so <laughs> you were just scared in this time with all these movies. I certainly was when I was a kid growing up. Oh, and the other film to mention here as well was um, the James Herbert adaption as well, The Deadly Eyes or The Rats. Um, that was made around about this time, a little bit later, I suppose, 1982 that was made. So, um, and this goes back to what I just said, you know, this was, this was Jaws, the success of Jaws. It's always the case it was bound to have spin-offs of other movies, some not so good, some not so bad. Um... And this movie, I have to say, isn't so bad. In fact, it's not a bad movie at all. Um, yes, it is part of the Jaws spin-off, absolutely. Because when you look at the dynamics of this film, you have a cop. You know, you've got a police officer investigating a alligator in the sewers. And then you have a scientist or heptologist in this movie trying to help out. And then you have a game hunter or hunter trying to help you out help you hunt it down so you've got those three familiar characters from the Jaws movie being Chief Brody, Hooper and Quint so you've got that basic format but um, it helps this movie out it's a great format to have and it's also plausible as well you know it's that whole um, sort of urban legend of something being down in the sewers this case it's an alligator and I think that is kind of like an urban legend which still continues today is there's something down there that wants to kill us. There could be. I suppose in some, some ways it's plausible. We have alligators just as much as you have sharks in the sea. So you could have it that there could be something lurking down there that's been down there for years. And um, if you go down there, it's going to go and get you. So <laughs> it's plausible, I guess. But let's have a look at the building block of this film. So it was made for $1.5 million. So it's um, quite a cheap movie for a low budget, I would say. Um, but you get a lot, of, you know, you get a lot for your money out of this movie. A lot of bang for your buck. And it took $7 million at the box office. So it didn't do too bad either at the box office. Um, it was produced by Group One Film. So it's not a familiar um, film distributor like 20th Century Fox or Paramount or Universal. So... I had a look at this film company and um, they mainly specialised in exploitation movies. They um, brought over films from Italy and distributed them in the US. And like I say, they were known for doing exploitation movies. They did a couple of other um, monster movies such as The Giant Spider Invasion. And they also did a film called The Meat Cleaver Massacre. And... Alligator spawned a sequel as well in the 90s. Uh, it was a straight-to-video sequel, Alligator 2. And it's basically a retread of this movie. So um, there's nothing an awful lot different about it. It's basically the same same movie, just done over again. 
And the film stars Robert Foster. He plays David, the police officer in this movie. He's our protagonist and he does a really good job of it. He's a real sort of conviction, an actor with a hell of a lot of conviction. And I loved him from the movie The Black Hole, the sci-fi movie. He plays the, again, he plays a protagonist in that. So yeah, he's great in this film. Uh, you've got Robin Riker, who plays Marissa. She's the heptologist in this movie. So she is the sort of sidekick to the police officer hero. Uh, Dean Jagger as Slade and Perry Lang as uh, police officer Kelly is the tobacco chewing police officer who doesn't have that lucky escape from the sewer and I think he's the second victim in this movie. So there you go guys, that is pretty much the building block to this movie. It's not a bad one really and also to mention the poster to this film, it's not. It's a pretty good poster, I love it. It's just, you know, the sewer with the alligator. On first look you can't really see the alligator but when you look more closely because it's so well blended in there it is waiting for you so love it so let's have a look at some trivia here guys so it's um the movie is set in chicago but it's actually shot in la i don't know why they just kept it in la because i'm sure la's got the sewers and stuff like that but there you go it's part of the, what they wanted for the story uh as i mentioned earlier it's obviously inspired by the success of jewels but there's no sort of discredit to its movie as i said i think this film really holds its own as a, as a story and a you know tale of the monster in the sewer. James Horner, um, the classic film composer such as, you know, the, I mentioned him before, the Rafa Khan, Krull, Aliens. He was supposed to write the score for this film, which would have been excellent, would have been great. But unfortunately, there was a writer's strike at the time, so he was unable to do that. And Joe Dante was supposed to direct the movie. That would have been good. That would have been good to have Joe Dante on board, you know, the sort of cult film director who did, you know, classics such as Gremlins and The Howling. Um, so, yeah, thinking about it, I think he would have done a good job. It would have been good to have this one on his catalogue of those movies. So, would have been good to see what Dante's spin would have been on this film. Because I always think he's got a certain signature to his movie. Probably would have been a different film to what we got, but can't take anything away from Louis Teague. He's done a good job with this film. So there you go guys, that is the building block of Alligator and that's how we got there with it with everything. So let's do a bite-sized review of this movie. So the film starts off with a teenage girl who purchases a American alligator whilst on vacation with her family. And when she returns home to Chicago, she names the alligator Ramon and her father is upset by this he doesn't want the alligator in the house so he takes it and he flushes it down the toilet and so there you go that is the start of this movie you see where it's all going to go from here and the alligator ends up in the city sewers and starts eating some contaminated dogs that have been experimented on in a laboratory and over the years the alligator starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger so then moving on, 12 years later, the alligator is now surviving in the sewers. It's feeding on these discarded pets and has now mutated into a 36 foot long monster who has begun to get a taste for sewer workers and starts devouring them. Bits of body parts start turning up. And this is where you're introduced to our hero of the movie, which is Robert Foster, who plays a detective a police officer detective, uh, David Madison, who's having a bit of a run of bad luck at the moment. He's um, He was involved in a horribly botched case in St. Louis where he's been gained for having the reputation of being 
unlucky with the assignment of his partners and he's investigating this case thinking that there was a killer loose mutilating bodies. So Madison decides to go and investigate and he takes with him a wicked cop called Kelly and they go and explore the sewers. And it's quite a good part actually, I really like this bit. It's really sort of, you know, investigating, it's a really good setup. You know, they've got torches, it's almost like the monster in the shadows. You can see parts of the alligator here, it's like, again, it's what you can't see. You just see a little bit of a, a tower of the alligator following them around. And... It's a slow burn at first, like I say, they're you know, waving the torches around into the corners. Is that an alligator? No, it's just some rubbish. But then eventually the alligator comes out, it attacks them. They're trying to run away from it. The alligator moves at quite a fast pace. Madison manages to escape, but then his partner Kelly gets killed by the alligator. So now he's gone back up to the top, he's gone back to the station and he tells his boss, but... Nobody seems to believe him. He says oh, there's a giant alligator down there. And of course, he's got this reputation of his partners getting killed. So things aren't getting any better for Madison. So he goes and seeks the aid of the heptologist, the scientific nurse, which is uh, the love interest as well to this movie, which is Dr. Marissa Kendall. And at first she doesn't believe Madison, but then she's she's a little bit sceptical with it. As, as the story unfolds, she starts to believe that there could actually be an alligator surviving down in the sewers. And as it actually turns out, she is actually the cause of all this, because she, she is actually the little girl at the beginning of this movie who actually purchased the alligator and it was actually her father that flushed it down the toilets. And so with... Uh, no one believing Madison's story, he starts to investigate and he ties up the alligator to a laboratory which is doing all these experiments and he tries to unfoil all this and they try to sort of cover it up but then there's a another victim here which is a news reporter who goes down into the sewers, he goes to investigate himself and he gets attacked by the alligator but you get like a sort of Jaws 2 moment here where before he dies he starts to take a picture of the alligator. And this camera gets found, the photos get developed, and this is where people start to realise, yes, there is an alligator down there terrorising the sewers, and it's got the potential to eat people, so now people are starting to believe this story. So now you get an attempt by the police force to try and flush out the alligator, you get the SWAT team that go down there, but they have a failed attempt. Ironically, they go down there, they try to flush it out, but they can't find the alligator, so now... Madison gets suspended, still no one believes him, but this is where the alligator gets frustrated and you get a really cool scene here where he comes crashing out from a pavement. Don't know how he does that, you know, a solid concrete pavement, it comes crashing out, there's a load of kids playing in the street and you get the alligator who's attacking and he kills a police officer, you know, you get a scene where he bites his leg in half. And then you get a couple of other kill scenes here. You get a horrible scene here where there's a kid in a swimming pool. The alligator's in the pool. That's quite a freaky scene, actually. Gives you a little bit of that sw cinema swimming pool trauma, I suppose you could say, when I was watching this. So the kid gets killed. And from here onwards, once you get the reveal of the alligator, the, the movie does really move at a pace. It doesn't really hang about. It gives you a lot of kill scenes, like one after the other. You know, once you've got the reveal here. You've now got um, a big game hunter that gets called in, which is Colonel Brock, played by Henry Silver. 
here's hide to track down the animal. So you kind of got like the quint scene here, as I mentioned earlier. So like I say, you've got the police officer, the scientist, and now you've got the, the big game hunter. But his efforts fail, he gets killed. Um, then you get police officers, you know, they're, they're in confusion, trying to deal with this. No one really knows how to deal with this chaos. And then you get like a sort of pinnacle point here, which is probably a scene which a lot of people remember when they watch this film. is actually a, a wedding party. And you get the alligator that turns up. And it, it's like a wedding party massacre where all the victims start to get killed, get people chopped in half, eaten up. And again, you've also got the town mayor, which I forgot to mention at the beginning of the film. He's a guy that wants to cover things up because he's all part of the sort of lab experiments and that. And he gets his comeuppance. He gets eaten by the alligator. So really, it's um, the alligator getting his own back in some ways to some of these people. And some of these people deserve it. And you also got the... Uh, lab technicians here which are responsible for all this at the wedding as well they get killed so the alligator does take on some you know unfortunate victims but he also sorts out the bad guys as well along the way so chicago is in chaos so it's left down to our heroes now you've got marissa and david they managed to lure the alligator into the sewer system with some explosives and this is pretty much how the film ends really it does you know after all this carnage they lure it into the sewer and they blow it up with some explosives and that's pretty much how they kill this alligator. And the film ends with David and Marissa, they're walking away after the explosion. And then the final scene to this movie is another baby alligator in the sewer, ready to do this all over again, which is obviously setting up another sequel to the movie. So there you go guys, that is it, that's a bite-sized review to Alligator. As I said before, it's one of those films which pretty much does what it says on the tin. You know, it's a it's a monster movie. You've got heroes, you've got scientists, you've got people who don't believe you. You've got scientific lab guys that are causing all this. You've got explosions. You've got the monster in the shadows. You've got lots of people that get chopped up and stuff like that. So really, it's it's you know it's a good movie. It's a good horror movie. It's not a long movie, it just does everything that it needs to do. So, um, yeah, it's a big thumbs up for me, for especially for one of those films which is a spin-off from the Jaws franchise. But again, it kind of holds its own. So, yeah, go check it out. If you haven't seen this film, go check it out. It's certainly one of those recommendations. I mean, it came out in the 80s, but it's still got that sort of 70s vibe to it. Do you know what I mean? So, and um, anything with Robert Foster is good as well. He plays a really good sort of heroic you know character with a lot of conviction so yeah so go yeah go check it out guys hope you enjoyed it that's my bite-sized review of alligator so um yeah i'll be back soon guys um got a real busy schedule at the moment i've got um dan bone coming back for teenage mutant ninja turtles we'll be recording that this week and i've also got uh court Sipes from cinema science podcast we will be doing return of the living dead I have reviewed that and so has Court, but we are coming back to review that together because it's such a good film. It's worth talking about again, so look out for that. So there you go, guys. Um, as a bit of admin for the show, I am a proud member of the Legion podcast, so go and check out all the other shows on there. And you can find Bite Size Cinema on Spotify, 
YouTube and iTunes and several other players on the internet if you put in Bite Size Cinema Legion on the internet and I've also got a Facebook page so if there's any films you want me to check out go check it out on there put it on there post it on there so there you go guys keep it bite size keep it safe and I will see you soon show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell Ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark mental health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, the podcast by the cemetery, the podcast on Haunted Hill, the Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.